I want to say to those of you right now that are struggling with something, those lions in that den did not not overpower Daniel because they didn't want to. It's because they were told not to. The enemy has to submit. Some of us are giving the enemy way too much authority in our life. Well, I just feel like this, so I'm just going to go with how I feel or with my emotions or whatever. Do you not understand that when the lion from the tribe of Judah exerts his power, every other enemy that we have has to bow down and worship and listen and submit. And this is where I think the enemy wants us. The enemy wants us so focused on his power that we forget that there is a lion that has more power than he does, that executes commands over him, that he doesn't have a choice but to listen. It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show. Hey, hey, guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. Welcome to a brand new, totally exciting, wonderful, spectacular week of the Autumn Miles show. To say I have been waiting all day to record this message is an understatement. I asked my producer multiple times, can we go earlier? But he was busy. And so I have been waiting to give you guys this word that the Lord has given me. I'm studied up. I'm prayed up. I'm ready to go. So after the break, we are going to get into day two of our Lion Lamb series And you guys, it's really, really moving me so much. Uh, So I can't wait to get into it. I've got a couple of housekeeping things to talk about before we like get into the meat of the show. I'll try not to bore you. But one of the things, I made a mistake last week and I hate that. I take my content very seriously. It's super important that there is, and you can trust the content that you're getting. Now, everything was fine. Everything, I've listened back to it. Everything was great, but I made a mistake out of Genesis 49. And so I just want to apologize to you for that. It does happen. Sometimes I get it wrong. Sometimes I I look at something that maybe isn't as accurate as I would like. It's out of Genesis 49. And uh, you might not have even listened to last week, but I do want to correct it. Uh, Jacob is giving a prophetic word to Judah. Lion of the tribe of Judah is what we're talking about. And he says, Judah is a lion's whelp. I said it was a lion's roar. That is not true. That's not what he was intending to say. Judah is a lion's whelp means Judah is a lion's cub, a young lion. So it didn't change anything in it. But to me, I want when you come to the Autumn Mile Show, I want you to trust the content that I'm giving you. And so I just wanted to put that out as well. Also, something really, really awesome. Um, When you hear the break and we go into the break, I want you to know that that is my son who wrote a rap for this series. So if you hear like some cool kid rapping, it's my son. So just so you know, gives you some context, what we're doing over here. He's really into um, the rapping 
thing. Okay, I think that's it. Other than the fact that we are launching merch today, Lion Lamb merch. So you can go on the website, Autumn Miles, and you can get you some merch. It's real good, guys. We have a jersey that I'm obsessed with. I've always wanted to do a jersey. I walked into Foot Locker, saw a jersey, and I was like, oh my gosh, we have to do this for Lion Lamb. You can go get it on autumnmiles.com. I think that's it. I think that's it. I love you. I'm sorry about that little mistake. Uh, but I'm not perfect. And you know what? I, I'm never going to try to be because Jesus was perfect and we only had one perfect person and I ain't trying to do that. <laughs> what is happening in my life? Well, well, well. Um, Friday night, my children, of which I have four, and sometimes it feels like 40, um, came running to alert my husband and I that um, we had no Wi-Fi. They could not get on their little devices. Now, we don't let y'all know, we do not let our kids do iPads just because we just don't. We notice a major behavior change when we give our kids iPads and they're on them all the time. So we have, they're not in trouble. It's just not something for them. The only time that we let them play the iPads is on airplanes because it's a long time and when Haven's getting her hair done. And that's it. But the other night... Every one of every one of our devices could not connect. And I'm thinking, what is happening? I work from home. Uh, my husband works from home. My children have to go to school. And, you know, now they're doing all the computer stuff and they get all their assignments like on their computers and stuff like that. Like, it's like a big deal. Plus the fact that I have two teenagers that um, like social media and like to talk to their friends and play games and all that kind of stuff. And so to tell you it was as if the apocalypse happened in my house on Friday night would be an understatement. It was as if the sky was falling from every point of the sky. Everything was falling. Our life was ending. And I, I tried to, I mean, I didn't like it either because my TV didn't work either because we do the streaming stuff. But I look at my house husband, because I'm telling you people, if my husband walks by some sort of technical device, he doesn't even have to touch it. It will turn on and it will work perfectly. He's got this weird, I don't even know what it is, gift about him that um, he can fix anything technical and he doesn't really, and it's, it, it's a joke because it happens a hundred percent of the time. So I looked at Eddie and I was like, fix it. You have to fix it. <laughs> After two days of trying to fix it, my homie husband could not fix it. Um, it was devastating. We were on the phone with our provider. Um, I don't I don't even know how long he was on the phone. Long story short, we went with no Wi-Fi for almost five days. When the Wi-Fi man showed up at our door on, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday, I almost started crying because at that point we had had multiple meltdowns, me included. We had prayed. We had laid hands on, on the devices. <laughs> I laid hands on my husband. No, just kidding. But it just, it absolutely was not going to work. And so when he showed up, I think he thought I was crazy because I said, listen, I have prayed for you. You are here. You are the sent one. And I am so grateful that you are here. Now, this is what he told my husband. It's your modem. Your modem doesn't work or your modem is dead or something like that. Um, and I thought that meant 
he couldn't fix it and he would have to be back in two days. And I almost started crying, you guys, right there on the spot because I didn't realize how much we rely on this. And I started to get really just not feeling good about the whole thing. But Eddie, I, I looked at Eddie and I said, because he was there, because duh, like, what am I going to say to a Wi-Fi guy? I don't even know. I don't even know barely how to turn on a TV. But um, I said, Eddie, please, God, tell me he is going to fix it. And he goes, yes, he just went out. I thought he left. He went out to his truck to get another modem. Anywho, we hooked it up. And it really was like the Red Sea parted in our home. Everything worked perfectly. It's beautiful. It's a wonderful thing. So, you know, we had lots of meltdowns last week. While you guys were enjoying your Wi-Fi at your house, we were crying because we had none at ours. Anyway, um, check your modems because you just never know what is going to happen when it goes dead and nothing works ever. I was also very proud of me myself last night because I figured out how to hook all of our TVs up to our new network. And you guys, if you know me and you do know me, you've listened to me a long time, that's a really big deal for um, me. So I'm proud of myself. I'm growing. I'm growing. I'm educating myself on things. It's a good deal. Anyways, after the break, we are going to talk day two all about the lion of the tribe of Judah. You are not going to want to miss it because it is that powerful. Come back and see me right after the break. Let's go. Strength and peace, a warrior from man. God is my God, he lined in lamb. Joy and love, the great I am. God is my God, he lined in Strength and peace, creator of man. Yeah. Said one word and then it went bam. Loves us all more than we can understand. Yeah. Everything's wrong, now it's part of his plan. Did you know that Autumn has many resources available to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God? By visiting autumnmiles.com, you can access them all. From there, you can find previous teachings under the podcast and media tabs, and you can order any one of the books Autumn has written. Her book, Appointed, will help you better understand that your significance is only found in God. While I Am Rahab beautifully conveys God's ability to redeem any situation you may have found yourself in. And if you want to add some heat to your prayer life and kick things up a notch, Gangsta Prayer is a book that will help you do just that. Again, you can find all these resources and more by visiting autumnmiles.com. Let's go. Strength and peace, a warrior from man. God is my God, he lined in lamb. Joy and love, the great I am. God is my God, he lined in Strength and peace, creator of man. Yeah. Said one word and then it went bam. Yeah. Loves us all more than we can understand. Yeah. Everything's wrong, now it's part of his plan. Okay, guys, we're back. I hope you guys enjoyed last week. I know that I did. I need a lion in my life. I need to know that there is something or someone stronger than me that can handle whatever it is that comes against me. I need that. I'm like not so prideful to think that Autumn's got it all figured out. And I and I really hope that last week uh, encouraged you to know that the lion of the tribe of Judah uh, is for you. That lion is your lion. As I was praying through this week and what exactly I wanted to share, I uh, read over my scriptures and it hit me 
so strong what I wanted to relay to you this week. I'm going to go back to Revelation 5, and we are going to talk through the line of the tribe of Judah again, but I'm going to focus on one very specific point. If you did not join me last week, go listen to the show from last week. It was so good, you guys. Um, but I want I want to read, I'm going to reread the founding passage that this whole series is going to be based on. In Revelation 5, it says this, John is speaking, and I went over that last week. He, he wrote the book of Revelation. And he's speaking. He says, I saw on the right hand of him who sat on the throne a book written inside and on the back sealed up with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice in heaven, who is worthy to open the book and to break its seals. And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the book or to look into it. Then I began to weep greatly because no one was found worthy to open the book or look into it. No one was found worthy. And we talked about this this week, last week about the elder stepping forward and saying, stop crying. And one of the elders said to me, stop weeping. Behold, the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome so as to open the book and its seven seals. And I saw between the throne and the elders, a lamb standing. We're going to talk about this next week as if it was slain, having seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out in all the earth. That represents Jesus. Both of them represent Jesus. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him who set on the throne. Now, this is what I want to uh, focus on today. This is what he says. And the elder said to me, stop weeping. Behold, the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome so as to open the book and its seven seals. The lion from the tribe of Judah has overcome. I am here to declare to you today that the lion from the tribe of Judah has overcome every single other lion that is ever going to come at you in your life, including the enemy, Satan himself. The lion from the tribe of Judah has overcome the little lion. I think that's important to talk about, and we're going to really dig into this. What did the lion from the tribe of Judah overcome? Now, honestly speaking, it, it seems pretty obvious, especially to any of us that have been in church. But I do think breaking this down is going to give you awareness. It's going to give you insight into what exactly the lion from the tribe of Judah overcame. Okay. I want you to go to, we're going to go to John 16, 33. I actually don't have this marked, but I'm going to go to it so I can read it for you guys. Jesus is speaking. The lion from the tribe of Judah is speaking. And this is what he says. Behold, an hour is coming and has already come for you to be scattered each to his own home and to leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, 
because the father is with me. Listen to what he says. These things I have spoken to you so that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you have tribulation. But what does he say? Be of good courage for I, the lion from the tribe of Judah, have overcome the world. What does Revelation 5 say? What does it say? The lion from the tribe of Judah has overcome. And here you sit here, even before Revelation was written, Jesus saying himself, I have overcome. Do you know why? He was there ready to, uh, he was prophetically speaking. I have overcome. I'm going to overcome. Trust me now. It is going to happen. I am going to overcome death, sin, hell, and the grave. Just hang with me. I have overcome. So we have the lion from the tribe of Judah saying that out of his own mouth. And I think it's very, very important to understand what this lion has overcome. I want you guys to go with me to a passage of scripture. Maybe you, um, maybe you know, maybe, maybe you don't, but it talks about a lion. First Peter five, six says this, therefore humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in proper time, not in your time in proper time. We all want to be exalted like a sap, but God is like, mm, humble yourself. And then in the proper time, I'm going to exalt you. It's number seven, verse seven, first Peter five, seven, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Verse eight says this, be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil prowls around like a what? roaring lion seeking someone to devour, but resist him. Stand firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren around the world. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. I can't talk about the lion of the tribe of Judah without relaying to you that he is, has overcome the little lion, the adversary, the devil. Be sober, be on alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. What does that mean? The adversary also is likened to a lion. I wonder in your life if you have given in to a temptation, to a bad habit, to an addiction, to something, and you know, you know it's not right. But you've given in anyway because your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking those he may devour. 
I was sitting thinking as I was reading this, how powerful this imagery is from the lion of the tribe of Judah overcoming this little lion. It was uh, not coincidental that winter Wi-Fi went out in our house <laughs> a couple of days ago. The One of the only movies that we have downloaded, and we have this downloaded because my daughter is Haven is obsessed with The Lion King was The Lion King. So here Eddie and I are like full grown adults. I've seen The Lion King like 5,000 times. We're sitting in our bed. All the kids are asleep. And what movie uh, are we starting to watch? We are starting to watch The Lion King. I could probably recite The Lion King to you because all of my children have watched The Lion King so many times, Haven especially. But here we have this scene in The Lion King of Mufasa, the great lion. And then what do we have next to him? We have his brother, Scar, who is the little Weasley, just really evil lion. And I just thought it was so interesting because I'm like, Lord, of course, are you making me lose Wi-Fi so I can watch Mufasa and Scar like duke it out? But there is a scene in The Lion King where Scar just happens to outsmart Mufasa. And what happens to Mufasa? He ends up dying. I was sitting and I was watching this and I just thought, you know, for a moment, this little lion scar thought he had won. For a, a period of time, the little lion scar thought he had won. And then he's, Mufasa's not resurrected, but his son comes up and he, you know, takes over the kingdom and y'all know the story. I think it's interesting that that is so much like what I'm talking about today. God knew I was going to talk about this today. Here we have the lion of the tribe of Judah, Jesus, telling us in John, listen, I have overcome the world. Be of good cheer. Be joyful. Be excited. Be at peace. Because I've overcome the world, and yet we're still talking about uh, books later. Peter is still likening the enemy, although he is overcome, to a roaring lion seeking those he may devour. We have the lion of the tribe of Judah, and we have Scar, and they're duking it out. But Scar's overcome. It says right here, resist him, verse 9, 1 Peter 5, 9, resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same experience of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. After you have suffered a while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, the lion from the tribe of Judah, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. I want to tell you today that God, Jesus Christ, the lion from the tribe of Judah, is king over all the lions. We are tempted. Satan looks at our lives and he says, ooh, is this the opportune time for me to tempt them? Is this the opportune time for me to make their life so incredibly difficult that they'll give in and that I can devour them? I can devour their integrity. I can devour their peace. I can devour their compassion. I can devour the way that they react to something. Is this the opportune time for me to get in there and for me to completely overwhelm them with their emotions, with their mentality, with a, a situation that's happening in their life, with their marriage? Uh, 
you know, Satan prowls like a roaring lion and he seeks. Who can he devour? But I'm telling you right now, he has no power when he is sitting beside the lion from the tribe of Judah. He may seek to devour you, but you don't have to be devoured because the lion leads you. I feel like this was a very specific message to someone who feels as if maybe you're in an addiction. Maybe you're in what seems like a hopeless situation and you feel yourself being tempted. You feel yourself a temptation to digress into someone that you used to be. You feel as if you are being devoured by the enemy. There is a lion who that lion that's seeking to devour you has to bow the knee to. It puts things in perspective. When you're being tempted, that is not your only option is to give up and give in. Your option is also to say, God, I can't handle this. Lord, you are going to have to tame that little lion that is tempting me to do whatever it is. Because the lion of the tribe of Judah is the king of all the lions. I want to take you to a very familiar uh, story. We're going to go way back. And the Lord actually brought me to the story. I, it's just so crazy how God uh, opens up his word and um, really will speak so clearly to it. I want to read the story to you. I'm going to set it up for you a little bit. We have a boy named Daniel and Daniel. It's the book of the Bible. It's Daniel and Daniel. Daniel is a man of integrity. I mean, he is like, he's just chosen by everybody. Okay. Nebuchadnezzar loved him. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar died. He was actually killed. And we have who took over for him. His name is King Darius. Now, King Darius, I would not say is a believer yet, but um, he definitely makes some really, <laughs> really good decisions and really bad decisions concerning the Lord. Um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have already been through the fiery furnace. Congratulations. They live. Okay. But we see Daniel really rising in popularity amongst all these noble men, especially under the rule of King Darius. Okay. Um, the noblemen hate his guts. Why? Because he loves Jesus. And uh, they ask King Darius to make a decree, all these decrees that are get made in the Old Testament, you know, make a decree that no one can basically talk to their God for 30 days. Well, guess what Daniel does? He's like, okay. And he does it anyway. This is out of Daniel 6, verse 7. All the commissioners of the kingdom, the prefects, the satraps, the high officials and the governors have consulted together that the king should establish a statute and enforce an injunction that anyone who makes a petition to any God or man beside you, O king, for 30 days shall be cast where? Into the lion's den. Oh, that's so good. Um, therefore, verse 9, King Darius signed the document that is the injunction. Now, I want you to see this. Verse 10, this is the kind of dude that Daniel was. You talk about seeking 
those he may devour. We have the opportune time for Daniel to listen to this decree, knowing that he kneels three times a day to pray to his God. And as soon as the injunction is signed by King Darius, this is what it says in verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the document was signed, he knew it. He entered his house and continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God as he had been doing previously. Of course, the men got up, they spoke to the king, and they said, Daniel, verse 13, who was one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention, who's one of the exiles from where? Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction which you've signed, but keeps making his petition three times a day. Now, verse 14, then as soon as the king heard this, he was deeply distressed. These guys knew what they were doing. They were being used by the enemy to try to trick Daniel into not worshiping his God, but he did it anyway. So they come and they tell the king. The king is deeply distressed, verse 14, and sets his mind on delivering Daniel. He doesn't want him to go to the lion's den. And even until sunset, he kept exerting himself to rescue him. The king likes Daniel. He likes him. He likes him a lot. These men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, recognize, O king, that this is a law that no injunction or statue which the king established may be changed. And this is what the king does. Then the king gave orders, Darius, and Daniel was brought in and cast into the lion's den. Now, isn't this interesting? There's a trap set for Daniel. Daniel worships God anyway. The king understands, okay, I'm going to have to do this. He brought him, he cast him into the lion's den, and the king spoke to Daniel and said, Your God, whom you constantly serve, will himself deliver you. Isn't that interesting that a guy who doesn't even believe in God, he says, Your God is going to deliver you. Verse 17, a stone was brought and laid over the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet rings of his nobles so that nothing would be changed in regard to Daniel. Verse 18, then the king, who this king does not even believe in God yet. Then the king went off to his palace and spent the night fasting and no entertainment was brought before him and his sleep fled from him. The king arose at dawn, verse 19, at the break of day and went in haste to the lion's den. When he came near the den to Daniel, he cried out with a troubled voice. The king spoke and said to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living king. God, the lion from the tribe of Judah, I'm adding that, that is not what it says, has your God, whom you consistently serve, constantly serve, been able to deliver you from the lions? Let me tell you something. What do you think he said? Here we have a king who could have stopped it, I'm sure, throwing a guy who was set 
up by little lions into the very lion's den. He's freaking out. He runs out to him. Has your God, whom you constantly serve, been able to deliver you from the lions? What did I say when we started off? The lion from the tribe of Judah is the lion that all other lions bow to. He is the authority. He is the alpha. He is the omega. He is the beginning. He is the end. So guess what? Then Daniel spoke to the king. O king, live forever. My God sent his angels to shut the lion's mouths and they have not harmed me in as much as I found innocent before him. And also towards you, O king, I have committed no crime. O king, live forever, he says. My God sent his angels and shut the lion's mouths and they have not harmed me in as much as I was found innocent before him and also towards you, O king. I've committed no crime. The lion of the tribe of Judah shuts down every other lion at his command. Verse 23, the king was very pleased and gave orders for Daniel to be taken out. Now, this is where it gets a little gory, guys, though. Gave orders for Daniel to be taken up out of the den. Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury, none, not one, none. No injury, whatever, was found on him because he had what? Trusted in his God. The king gave orders then and brought those men who had maliciously accused Daniel. They cast them, their children, yikes, their wives into the lion's den. And they had not reached the bottom of the den before the lions overpowered them and crushed all of their bones. Yikes. I want to just stop here for a second because I think if we understand Daniel Revelation is, I actually took a a Bible class in college called Daniel Revelation because they are very akin to one another. They kind of go together and you can study both of them at the same time. As a matter of fact, the next chapter, it talks about the vision of the four beasts in Revelation. It's very, it's a prophetic book. It's a very prophetic book. But I want to say to those of you right now that are struggling with something, Those lions in that den did not not overpower Daniel because they didn't want to. It's because they were told not to. They have to submit. The enemy has to submit. He has to bow down. He has to obey. Uh, Some of us are giving the enemy way too much authority in our life. Well, I just feel like this. So I'm just going to go with how I feel or with my emotions or whatever. Do you not understand that when the lion from the tribe of Judah exerts his power, every other enemy that we have has to bow down and worship and listen and submit. We see this so, so many times in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John when Jesus is walking through the crowds and he casts out a demon from someone and they basically are like, hi, Jesus, <laughs> how you doing? Everything that Jesus tells them to do, they obey. They have to do. And this is where I think the enemy wants us. 
The enemy wants us so focused on his power that we forget that there is a lion that has more power than he does that executes commands over him that he doesn't have a choice but to listen. He's the lion of all lions. So let me ask you, what is your den? What's your den? Danny was very literally thrown into a lion's den. <laughs> I mean, what even is that? I don't even know. I'm sure it's something great. But what is your den? Is your den anxiety? You feel like you get thrown into this. You get tricked. The trick works. Is your den finances? You just can't seem to get all that under control. You're thrown into this den. You're in this den. What do you do in the den? You're about to be devoured by lions. Is your den fear? What what is it? Because I really uh, don't think that God would not put this story in the Bible if it wasn't relevant to what we're doing today. What's your den? Do you feel like you're in it? Is it busy? Is it you trying to make a name for yourself so you're so busy? You're in this den of, I've got to be successful. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. Uh, do you feel the lions breathing down your neck? Are you worried that you are eventually going to get devoured by them emotionally and mentally? What is your den? Because we all have one. And the enemy, exactly what I just said out of 1 Peter, is seeking like a roaring lion who he can devour. What is it for you? Because that's the very thing. That's the very thing that you think that you can't overcome. Even King Darius was nervous and he didn't go to sleep that night because he just knew that there was a real possibility that he was going to go in the next day and that he was going to find Daniel no more because the lions are impossible to overcome without the lion from the tribe of Judah telling them not to. We all at times find ourselves in a den. Is it a den of despair? Is it a den of negativity? Is it den of cynicism? Is it, what is it? You, you need to figure out what that is for yourself. Are you in a self-pity party because maybe you're home with the kids 24-7 and ain't no one's listening to you? Are you? What kind of a den do you find yourself in normally? It's the thing that keeps drawing us back because it keeps working. That thing, that den that you are constantly thrust in, or maybe you're in right now, is the very thing that God, the lion from the tribe of Judah, who conquered, is able to deliver you. Listen to what Darius said. He wasn't even a believer at this point, but I do believe it sounds like he did become a believer. The, uh, oh, the king spoke and said to Daniel, your God, whom you serve constantly, who you constantly serve, will himself deliver you. He goes on in verse 20. I'm skipping down here a bit. Daniel, servant of the living God. This is the next morning. Has your God, has your God, whom you constantly serve, been able to deliver you? 
Has he been able to deliver you? Has he been able? Is he that strong? Is he that mighty? Is he that confident? Because Daniel, you're in kind of a pickle down there in the lion's den. And what does he say? My God sent his angels and shut the mouths of the lions and they have not harmed me. Um, They have not harmed me. I'm trying to stir up in you guys this at the beginning of the January and the genesis of our 2023. I'm trying to stir up in you guys a new awareness of the power of God. I, I think some of us need to reconstruct our thought life. I told you last week that the, that lion from the tribe of Judah is your lion. And I also want to tell you this week that this lion from the tribe of Judah is the lion of all the other lions. So without his permission, he's not allowed to touch you. And even if he does throw you into the lion's den, he can deliver you from right there. I want you to reconstruct your view of your life in 2023. Do you find yourself constantly going into that den and worried about that den? Or do you know that you know that you know that the lion from the tribe of Judah, Jesus, not only can overcome, not is only has the ability to overcome, the lion from the tribe of Judah did overcome and will assist you and overcoming. Daniel could not have survived the lion's den without God intervening with his angels. Here's the under, here's the thing that we need to understand. I talked last week about us, us being our little lions, and we just think we're just so smart, and we're just so whatever. Daniel could not have overcome those lions without the power of God. He couldn't have done it. They would have been just like the other people. When they threw them in, they were, their bones were crushed. Yikes. He couldn't have done it. And I actually think that some of you guys are in such a pickle with your lion's den that you can't do it. It is a beautiful thing to say, I cannot do this. I cannot overcome this without your help. I need a supernatural touch from God to intervene in my lion's den so that I am able to walk out and none of them have harmed me. I just want you guys to look, not in despair at your year about what might happen. I want you to look with hope. Our word of the year is joy. I want you to look and say, you know what? Yeah, without God, I'm not going to be able to do this. But with God, I will be legendary. And that's exactly what happened to Daniel. This is the king, Darius, after all the other people had been eaten. Yikes. Verse 26. Let's, uh, let's take it out to verse 25. Then Darius the king wrote to all the peoples, nations, to all the people, all the nations and men of every language after he saw this miracle who were living in all the land. May your peace abound. I make a decree. Listen to what he says. That in all the dominion of my kingdom, men are to fear and tremble before the God of Daniel. Oh, snap. Here we go. For he is a living God and enduring forever. And his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. His dominion will be forever. He delivers. 
and rescues and performs signs and wonders in heaven and on the earth. Who has also delivered Daniel from the power of what? The lions. So Daniel enjoyed success in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus, the Persian. Let me go back to Revelation 5 and let me just read this for you. One of the elders said to me, stop weeping. Behold, the lion from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome. So as to open the book with the seven seals. Even King Darius believed after that. You heard it said the struggle is real. You've heard it said, this is just how I am. I think we, we just fall into that so easy. Is that who you want to be? <laughs> is that who God thinks you could be? Or is that just who, are you just going to resign to the fact this is just how I am? I've said that so many times as a cop out because I was too lazy to look at the Lord and say, God, what do you want me to be? I want to be what you want me to be. I don't want to be just how I am because I know how I am. And I know that I need a touch from the lion of the tribe of Judah a lot. I feel like today there's some of you guys that are just, you just can't seem to get out of this den. And here's the thing that people are doing with the den. They're trying to climb out with their hands by themselves. Believers. Believers, people who have the spirit of the living God, the lion of the tribe of Judah living inside of them are trying to climb out with dens all by themselves. They're trying to read self-help books to get them out of the den. They're trying to pick up a stick or punch the lion that is in the den. And all they have to do is, what does it say in 1 Peter? Humble yourself. Boop, boop. Here we go. Back to scripture. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you. What did he do to Daniel? Exalted him in proper time, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. All you have to do, you don't have to climb out yourself. The power of God will get you so much faster, quicker delivered than you ever will yourself. You might be doing that for 75 years and you're never, and you're still going to be in that den. God can deliver you instantly. I, um, I really get frustrated when people are like, you know, they just think that God doesn't do this kind of stuff anymore. When I've lived it with my own life, I was delivered instantly, uh, 20, well, now it's been more than 20 years, guys, 20 plus years ago when I gave my life to Christ instantly, it wasn't a process. It was instant. I instantly was changed. God still does things instantly. Some things are a process. I understand that. But he still wants to show you how powerful he is. I want to go through just a couple of things and then we'll be done here. I said, what den are you in? He delivered Daniel from the lions. Daniel didn't crawl out. He was delivered out. God brought him out because the lions submitted to him. 
I want to put some application in here because some people might be saying, I hear what you're saying and I do want to get out, but how in the world do I get out? I understand you ask God to do it, but are there practical things that I can do in order to ensure that I can get out of the den? This is, there is some very key phrases in here that you can glean from Daniel's life so that this power is your power, that this power can be your power. There are different things that Daniel did that had that allowed God to intervene in his life. Here's one of the things uh, that the scripture tells us in verse 20. Darius comes to the den. He cries out. And this is what he says. Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you constantly serve, been able to deliver you? Here's what this tells me about Daniel. God was number one in his life whom you constantly serve. It was so blatant that God was number one in his life that everybody knew it, including the king. Is God number one in your life? This might seem like, uh, you know, elementary Bible school, Bible 101, but I've met a lot of people, even people in ministry that God ain't number one in their life. And I can tell it just by talking to them. Is God number one in your life? Is he your source for deliverance always? Or is it your husband? Or is it your children? Or is it your friends? Or social media? Or Netflix? Or whatever? Is God the one that you go through to constantly to deliver you? If he's not, he should be. If you want a miracle in your life at God's number 17, maybe we should put him first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. This year, Place him first in your mind, with your actions, in your heart, in your soul. Put him where he belongs. You want to see a miracle? God has to be in the right place. And for Daniel, he was in the right place. Here's another practical thing that he did. In verse 10, it tells us, when Daniel knew the documents were signed, he entered into his house in his roof. He had windows open and he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day. Not only was God first in his life, constantly serving him. Number three, he prayed like a crazy boy three times a day. Nothing could stop him. He got down on his knees and he prayed. Some of you guys do pray, but are you in submitting prayer? Getting down on your knees and praying changes the way that you pray. I have done it. I prayed all sorts of ways, backwards, sideways, close my eyes, open my eyes, shout. I've done all the things, but he did it consistently every single day, three times a day. This is very elementary stuff, but people aren't doing it. Because the enemy has come in and said, don't do it. You got to go to the pickup line. Don't do it. He put God first. He prayed all the time, believing prayers three times a day. We're in a season of fasting now. We typically do a global fast for our ministry. We didn't do that this year, but fasting is a part of my life. It's not something that, you know, someone has to remind me to do in January. It should be built in as a natural practice that you do. Why? Because something supernatural happens when you sacrifice for King Jesus. I can't tell you how it works. God knows how it works. But when you sacrifice and you submit yourself to prayer, I am telling you what, it moves heaven on your behalf. He, he served him constantly. Everyone knew about him. He was first and he prayed all the time, like a boss. Verse 25 tells me another practical way. It's not 25, it's 23. I can't uh, read my own writing. 
Then the king was very pleased and gave orders for Daniel to be taken up out of the den so that Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatsoever was found on him because he had trusted in his God. What does that simply say? No injury was found on him. Why? Because he trusted in his God. He trusted in his God. He didn't trust in his bank account. He didn't trust in his leadership. He didn't trust in his pastor. He didn't trust in King Darius because King King Darius just threw his butt in a lion's den. He didn't trust in anything other than God himself. We have made other things a source of trust than God. I trust my check is going to be there. I trust my schedule. I trust this person. I trust that person. And sometimes you'll see that God pulls all those things back or gives us a trial of all of those things just so he can test us where our trust truly is. Daniel put God first. He prayed like a boss. And number three, he actually trusted number one in God and God alone. These are practical things, but do you do them? Do you do them? Daniel was delivered because of them. The other guys weren't. They were eaten immediately. What den are you in? In order to get out of that den, implement those things, guys. These are very practical. You can do them without sharing it on social media. You can do it just being you and Jesus. This year... Get back in the habit of these things, and I am telling you what, your life will look completely different at the end of 2023. When I started implementing these things in my life, oh my gosh, everything changed for me. Everything, 100% of everything changed. My attitude changed, my mindset changed, everything changed for me. I began to see God operating in my life a way I always wanted to, but didn't know how to get there. I began to actually see the spirit of the living God so active in my life. It was almost embarrassing because I was like, I don't know. God is just really, really moving. And people would be like, of course he's moving in your life, all judgy. But they were jealous. Because they wanted God to move in their life too. And this is the only thing that I did. Let me read verse, uh, Revelation 5, 5, and then we'll be done. Again, stop weeping, the elder says. Behold the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David. He has overcome. He has overcome so that you can overcome. He has overcome so that you can be delivered as well. This lion is your lion. He is the lion that everyone submits to, all other lions. And he is active and accessible to you on your behalf. Let's live like it. Let's live like it. Lord, we love you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for how beautifully this word is written I thank you that we can bounce back and forth and we can just see how much of one unit this book is. I pray for that person today that is in that den and they're wondering, how in the world am I going to get out of it? I pray, Lord, that you would speak to their spirit to do these few things that Daniel did. And I pray that you would deliver them, Father. I thank you that you are that powerful. 
I thank you that you are that good. I thank you that you are that engaged on all of our behalf. We love you, Lord, and we trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll be back right after the break for just a quick testimony and a question from you. I'll see you in a sec. Let's go. Strength and peace, a warrior for man. God is my God, he lined in lamb. Joy and love, the great I am. God is my God, he lined in lamb. Strength and peace, creator of man. Yeah. Said one word and then it went bam. Yeah. Loves us all more than we can understand. Yeah. Everything's wrong, now it's part of his plan. Yeah. Hey guys, it's Autumn. And I want to know, family, what is God doing in your life? If you have a recent praise report about God's faithfulness, We all want to know about it. I want to know, my team wants to know, and your brothers and sisters in Christ that listen to this show want to know. You can share your story by emailing hello at autumnmiles.com or you can direct message me on Facebook or Instagram by searching autumnmiles at the top of the page. I want to hear about it, guys. Let's tell the world what God is doing in your life so we all can be encouraged by your journey of faith. Let's go. Strength to peace, a warrior for man. God is my God, he lined in lamb. Joy and love, the great I am. God is my God, he lined in lamb. Strength and peace, creator of man. Yeah. Said one word and then it went bam. Yeah. Loves us all more than we can understand. Yeah. Everything's wrong, now it's part of his plan. Okay, guys, I am back. I know that that was a lot and it was lengthy, but you know what? I don't apologize for it because God's word is just that good. It's just that good. A question from a follower today that we have, how does one pray for the ones out against you? (laughs) This is a great question. How does one pray for the ones out against you? Well, Jesus is the one that told us to pray for our enemies, pray for those who persecute you, because you know what? They do need the Lord. They need the Lord. I have done this multiple times, depending on the situation. Uh, I've definitely prayed for those people to come to know the Lord, especially, you know, when you see people are, they just seem to be out to get you. They seem to be out to say nasty things about you or make judgment calls on you or whatever. It's a supernatural thing that you have to do to follow the command of Jesus. When you pray for somebody else, it changes you. Now, it also, you know, depending on how the Lord wants to answer that prayer, it changes you. It is something that is a super, it softens your heart to them. Um, You'll be able to look at them in a little bit of a different light. It changes you. The reason that Jesus said that is because he doesn't want us to get so bitter and so angry at other people. And I know that one of the reasons he said that is because it changes you as well. So it's a humbling It's a submission thing. It is just plain a crucifixion of self thing when you pray for people that you feel like are out to get you. There's a lot of different prayers that I pray. I'll pray for those people, but also sometimes I just pray for justice in the situation. Listen, Lord, you've seen what this person has done to me. You've seen what they've done to my family or, or, you know, whoever is in the mix here. Bring justice. I'll ask the Lord, bring justice. Um, bring truth, bring awareness to the people that need it. And um, it's amazing how he does it. So I know that this is a really, really good question. It's a hard thing to do. 
Um, but it is also something that Jesus tells us to do to pray for um, our enemies. Good question. This testimony from a follower is unbelievable. You guys, you guys are not even going to believe what I'm getting ready to read to you. She is one of our followers and I'm just going to read it to you. Her name is Hope, which I think is so incredibly awesome. She was featured on our local news too. So congratulations for that. That's awesome. She's a survivor of endometriosis and ovarian cancer. And she had a baby last November. But this is the story, you guys. She was diagnosed in 2020 when they found this ovarian cancer. She was full of tumors in one ovary. Surgery was scheduled to remove everything four weeks later. Hang, this is an unbelievable. During the interim, she was put on a hormone, asked for a repeat ultrasound. When she got the repeat ultrasound, it came back clear, no tumors. She felt the Lord was telling her she should not have her organs removed the night before surgery. How crazy is that? She told her doctor and she said, she left it up to the doctor. You going to take out my ovary or not? I'm going to leave it up to you. The surgeon had the faith to leave her uterus and her ovary in her body. and then. He kept it in there. She was completely healed from ovarian cancer and endometriosis. And in November, she just had a baby. And she says her doctor keeps her ultrasound on display in her office, representing what is possible in different circumstances. Guys, this is one of our family members that this happened to. (laughs) She was healed of ovarian cancer, endometriosis, and just had a baby in November. That is what's happening amongst us, you guys. This, isn't that incredible? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for sending this in. Keep them coming. Send these to hello at autumnmiles.com or DM us on social. What is God doing in your life? We want to know. Make sure you log on to autumnmiles.com to get that merchandise that we have prepared for you. I love you guys so much. I'll see you next week. We're going to talk about the lamb of God. Can't wait. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Autumn Miles Show. Be sure to follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube to stay connected and in the loop with what's happening with the ministry. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. AutumnMiles.com is also the place where you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. She is devoted to spiritually challenging people and the way that they think. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. Reach out today and book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Then scroll down for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next time for another episode of The Autumn Mile Show. A warrior for man, God is my God, he lined in lamb, joy and love, the great I am. God is my God, he lined in Strength and peace, creator of man. Yeah. Said one word and then it went bam. Love is all more than we can understand. Yeah. Everything's wrong, now it's part of his plan. 
lion, the lamb, great I am. God is the rock, foundation for man. Take it from me, go sit yeah. in the stands. Don't yeah. go stressed about how many bands. Lion, the lamb, strength to peace. Yeah. Lion, the lamb, God of the Jesus. Yeah. Lion, the lamb, take it from me. Uh. Lion, the lamb, righteous and beef. Yeah. God in my life, and he's out in the streets. Loves all the people, don't matter their speech. Yeah. Yeshua was so great, I picked up his beat. Yeah. Speaking a song, defining the king. Lion and lamb, he'll hop in the ring the day long and another boat sinks. Yeah. But he's right here, don't take time to think. He fight my battles, he conquer my demons. He made me right, I don't mess with the heathens. Yeah. Strength to peace, a warrior for man. God is my God, he lion and lamb. Joy and love, the great I am. God is my God, he lion and Strength lamb. Strength to peace, a warrior for man. God is my God, he lion and lamb. Joy Love the great I am. God is my God, He lying in lamb. Run through the city, I got no shot. I'm a yo, can't see a lot. It's hard to see twenty was run around when I'm on my own. Don't know a lie in a tight dome on a tight road. When my mind soaked in the ways of this world, watch my mind swirl. Trying to chug along in a big blue train. Now I know change, got it on my chain. Nothing is the same. I'm telling y'all, I'm telling y'all. Lion the lamb, great I am. God is the rock, foundation for man. Take it from me, go sit in the stands. Don't go stress about how many bands. Lion the lamb, strength to peace. Lion the lamb, God of the Jesus. Lion the lamb, take it from me. Lion the lamb, righteous and beef. Yeah, lion the lamb, yeah. greater than me. Lion the lamb, prince of peace. Yeah. Up in this world and he out on the streets. Strength to peace, a warrior for man. God is my God, he lying in lamb. Joy and love, the great I am. God is my God, he lying in Strength to peace, a warrior for man. God is my God, he lying in lamb. Joy and love, the great I am. God is my God, he lying in lamb. Yeah. Strength to peace, creator of man. Yeah. Said one word and then it went bam. Yeah. Loves us all more than we can understand. Yeah. Everything's wrong, now it's part of his plan.